Hey there, welcome to the Title Bites, the coolest place for members of the Michigan Land Title Association to receive the latest scoop on what is happening in the title insurance industry. If you think title insurance is boring, you're so wrong. Let's dive headfirst into this episode of Title Bites. Hey everyone, I am Jackie Brink from First National Title Insurance and your current MLTA president. I would first like to thank our friends over at Stewart Title Guarantee for sponsoring yet another episode of the Title Bites. We're super grateful to all of you for your continued support and furthering the evolution of this podcast. Today, I'm geeked because I get to nerd out with some of my friends over on the technology committee, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to have favorite committees, you know, like you're not supposed to have favorite children, but I think secretly people do. Not me, of course. I love all three of my boys equally. They might not agree. But anyway, Technology Committee is one of my favorite uh, committees to join because I'm a complete nerd and I'm excited to introduce some new people that are working on that committee and talk about what we are all working on for the association and its members. Before I move on to that, and as we wind down Women's History Month, I wanted to share this little tidbit. At the time of this recording, it is March 31st, 2023. In a letter dated March 31st, 1776, Abigail Adams wrote to her husband, John Adams, urging him and other members of the Continental Congress not to forget about the nation's women when fighting for America's independence from Great Britain. That's nearly 150 years before the House of Representatives voted to pass the 19th Amendment, which gave women the right to vote. Adams' letter was a private first step in the fight for equal rights for women. Recognized and admired as a formidable woman in her own right, The union of Abigail and John Adams persists as a model of mutual respect and affection. They have since been referred to as America's first power couple. So take that, Beijing and Benifer. Okay, it's time to get nerdy, and I get to introduce two new members of our tech committee, James Velt and Crystal Boyer from Lighthouse Title, and I want to point out that James is now the co-chair of the tech committee. Welcome to this chat with me. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate having us. Why don't you both tell me a little bit about yourselves? And I'm going to start with Crystal because I've known you the longest. How many years has it been? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. When title insurance started, maybe? Oh, I know that long, but... At the Stone Age? Yeah. Wow, James, that's not very nice. So, Crystal, tell me a little bit about yourself and um, what you do at Lighthouse Title. So, oh, goodness, I don't know what exactly you want to know about myself, but... Um, I have been with Lighthouse Title since since the fall it started. So it started in April of 2001, and I joined the group in November of that year. So we're going on 20, is it 21, 22 years? Don't make me do math. I'm in title insurance. Yeah, I, you know, I do enough math during the day. I can't do it in my head right now when I'm not having to think about it. So we won't talk about that number. So um, it's a, it's been great. I've you know started out as an examiner and I've grown into the position that I'm in now where I do, wear two hats. I'm an agency manager for one of our joint ventures that we have with a um, regional bank. And then I'm also a, the assistant vice president of production um, and also in the training role for when we have onboarding of new offices and new employees. James, what about you? Uh, yeah, I work for Lighthouse Title Group. Uh, I'm the uh, Director of Information Technology uh, and then uh, IT Management for the past eight years. So, the um, yeah, 
title industry is uh, different. I used to work for private education, but this has been uh, a great experience. So I work with a great team as well. Crystal's on our team and yeah, things have been great. So definitely part, uh, happy to be a part of the title industry. That's great. So I have a question for you both because you're relatively new to this committee. Tell me why you wanted to join the tech committee. I'm going to start with you, James. Okay, great. Well, yeah, I mean, after starting, uh, you know, working in the title industry, uh, took a lot of learning, but I wanted to see how to better support um, not only our company, but I see the community that we're involved with, um, you know, especially as we've grown, we've seen a lot of other small title companies. And I feel like there's a lot of value to be added and we're all in this together, right? So um, I like to learn, you know, and we're all learning, we're adapting. And that's the same with kind of technology, right? So as we grow and we pivot, um, I want to be an ambassador with that technology to uh, teach and provide guidance for others. I love that. Thank you. Crystal, what about you? So I remember back in the day when I first started in the title insurance business and we still had the triplicate copies of the commitment where you type them <laughs> and, you know, we faxed out the title commitments and, you know, we didn't have the technology that we have today. So that's pretty much my, you know, the reason why I joined, I had no idea what it involved, um, I'm learning a lot. Let's just say that in the first few meetings. Um, so my, the reason I wanted to join was to see, you know, what it was that we could help bring the group to a better place. And that's kind of my goal. And what I work with James a lot in is at the Lighthouse is um, how to make things better, more tech savvy, how to get us in a better place to help our customers get things faster and easier and you know, the millennials, how they want things in different formats than, you know, the people that want things old school and still mailed and things like that. So it's fun to see. Thank you both so much for wanting to help and assist because that's really what this is about for every committee. So thank you. And um, we were talking beforehand and and I know you both are going to admit that you're private nerds like me, but I'm an open nerd. So you know, we, we are like super excited, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Brandon Hunt, who is our chair of this committee, couldn't join us today, but he is the super nerd of the group. Uh, and we're, we're just all catching up to him usually. So so thank you all so much for that. Um, let's tell the audience a little bit about what we've been working on and what our new initiatives are for, for the next year or so. Who wants to start with that one? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and start there. I know um, we've kind of, the first few chats we've had, you know, kind of just understanding a little bit more about the board with the history, uh, so maybe just a couple of little uh, things that you've noticed that could be some quick and easy improvements. And so um, I know you had mentioned the website, you know, looking at that and then um, we're doing some analysis there, looking through all of the uh, uh, state affiliates with uh, Alta and seeing their websites and some of those best practices and making sure that they also align with the best practices that are in place today through uh, information technology and cybersecurity. So um, definitely taking a look at that and see what improvements we can make. Um, also updating uh, the website there, uh, just seeing maybe if there's anything to keep it fresh, modern, anything we can do better in presenting content. You know, there's a lot of things that we have to offer. So let's make that digestible for a lot of people there. You know, I think there's been a lot of strategies um, in web development over the past couple of years. So adapting some of those and maybe, you know, bringing that up to speed for the MILTN. 
And um, Crystal, you had a great idea, and we were actually doing some research right now on this about um, finding a spot or a place to host all of the past meeting notes for all of the committees. So as things change, every time new committee members are added or or people leave, et cetera, we have backlog of all of the meeting notes so the new members can get caught up. And I thought that was a great idea because the very first thing you asked me was, do you have any past meeting notes? And I went, no, they're in Brandon's brain and in my brain. Good luck. So, um, so no, we didn't. And I thought that was a great idea. So I know both of you are going to work on that and see what that looks like so that the committees can share between each other as well. And like you said, if a new committee member comes on, they can get brought up to speed as to what the committee is working on. So that's one of the things that, you know, James and I work on a lot here at Lighthouse is how to share things easily between our different departments and how you can edit documents and things like that. So that was one of the things that as I'm on another committee, um, the agents and abstractors, you know, as we're working on things internally there for there for documents of, you know, how to share things easier and look back and forth, you know, we're utilizing teams and sharing documents. I'm like, well, there's got to be something that we can do for meetings, for committee meetings, and for sharing those documents, having a place to save those meeting notes instead of everybody saving them on their own company computers and networks and things like that, that might not be as secure depending on the size of their operation. You know, we have all the best practices and, you know, not everybody is able to have the technology and things out there that um, sorry about that. Um, technology out there and things like that that have, you know, up to date that everybody needs to have. Right. As you were saying that, Crystal, I really thought about how this is going to make Marcy Lay's life a whole lot easier too, because people will go to her and ask her questions about what's going oh, yeah. on in the committees, and she doesn't know if they're oh. not telling her. She right. doesn't know. So oh, if we're great. doing, yeah, if we're doing that for her, you know for each other, that yeah. will release a lot of pressure off right. her and Lauren. And, and I thought, what a great idea. And we'll, we'll figure it out, what, which will work best yeah. for everyone to be able to log in securely. Um, I know we've had trouble, committees have had trouble trying to utilize things like Teams because not everybody can access it or yeah. your internal company prevents you from getting yeah. in and out. Right. So I think that was a great idea. We'll figure out what that looks like and do some testing. And I'm excited to see that progress. So the beauty of technology, right? There's so many different things that we want technology to work for us, right? So um, I'm happy to strategize more and kind of take in some more of that thought with uh, the rest of the committees and see what we can do and our members. But um, yeah, I don't know. Crystal, did you have anything else that was? You know, the one thing I will say is, you know, we had a couple of meetings ago, um, a couple of MLTA events ago where Brandon, you know, did some spoofing with people and he made people think that, oh, I can get into your network and things like that. And so people were really reluctant to get on the MLTA network, that (laughs) Wi-Fi event that was, you know, Wi-Fi provided network that was there at the last spring summit. Um, So that's one of the things that we're trying to make sure that is available and, um, there that people are aware that we do have the MLTA Wi-Fi network that is secure and available for people. So that um, tells me that we did our job well, that we made people pay attention. And and I know it was hesitant and everybody's like, you guys are trying to hack us and spoof us. And well, yes, because we want you to learn as to what not to do when you're saying 
company equipment because that is where people be don't realize how vulnerable right. you can make a yeah. company. Especially as we work in, uh, you know, what's COVID kind of taught us, you know, a mobile environment, you know, a lot of people are having work laptops nowadays and you take that away, right? You're not in the company office anymore. So you're not in that safety net, right? You're going out and you have public Wi-Fi. So that's almost the same experience. So the more people understand and realize that, the better, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're just going to keep talking about that because earlier, um, James, you mentioned the Alta's best practices, and I was recently at the Alta Springboard, and they are updating the best practices, and one of them is the cybersecurity. So, so that's a good point, and I thank you both for bringing that up. And so before we wrap up, unless there's anything else that you wanted to add to what the tech committee is working on currently, I have a question for you both. James, you told me something before we got on air earlier today um, of a little hobby you have. So... What other hobbies or uh, things that people don't know about James that they would be surprised to know? Well, geez, where do I start? No, if you, uh, well, if you ask my fiance, that's a loaded question because I feel like the thing and why I love technology so much is because it's always changing. It's always adapting. And I love to be challenged, right? I like, I have to be challenged to be happy. And so uh, I always develop new hobbies and new interests and, you know, some more expensive than others, but um, <laughs> yeah, so that's a good question. I, I guess what I would say for anybody listening to this, if you, you know, if you want to know what my current hobby is, maybe just, Hey, reach out or say, <laughs> Oh, you can't punk out. No, you got to tell me. Okay. So, I mean, would you say? <laughs> well, I'm working on my car this weekend. So there that's kind of hobby as the weather's getting better. I kind of have some uh, some things there. I like to be different and differentiate myself a little bit. Um, okay. But you did tell me you're a little bit of a sneakerhead. So yeah, I'm so that was kind of how this all came <laughs> up. Yeah, absolutely. So my I do have a sneaker collection, and it kind of just uh, started with one and turned into I, 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 who, who's counting, right? But um, right, right. <laughs> so yes, in that. Um, just as an FYI, he is not a fan of the New Balance dad shoes. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a funny story. Oh, so that's what we buy him for what is what you're saying, Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> that funny. How about you, Crystal? So, you know, if you ask my husband, I'm pretty high maintenance, but that's really not a true statement. I'm a pretty <laughs> low-key person. Like, I don't like a lot of frills. I like to you know, just hang out with family, friends, um, love to be outdoors as much as possible. Um, my husband and I, we love to go fishing, hunting, camping. Um, that is our true, true love. We just love spending time together. So road trips, things like that. We just love to get in the car and sometimes just drive places and see where we end up. Isn't that the fun thing to do? That's so fun. Yes. Adventure, adventure. Well, listen, I, again, am so grateful to both of you for joining the committee. I know I'm speaking for Brandon as well, because he was a committee of one for about a year and a half. And I'm saying this again to everyone out there that is listening. If you want to join our nerd herd group and you've got tech background and, or even you just want to learn about technology, you are so welcome to join our committee and uh, just reach out to myself or James or Crystal, Brandon, and we'd be happy to uh, have you join us. So enjoy your weekend and let's nerd out. All right. All right. Thank you. Now let's hear what's been happening in Lansing. Matt? Well, hello, everybody. Uh, this is Matt Sawash uh, with Michigan Legislative Consultants. Welcome to another episode of the MLTA Title Bites podcast. 
Uh, I wanted to provide a quick update and, and a legislative overview of what's going on in Lansing uh, with the legislature. Uh, we're currently in the process of the le legislature's uh, two-week spring break uh, and in-district work period uh, as the legislators are back in their districts uh, working uh, as opposed to being in Lansing uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays as they typically are on, on most weeks. This gives them an opportunity to uh, have some downtime with their with their families, but also gives them an opportunity to work in their districts, meet with constituents, stakeholder groups, business leaders, community leaders uh, during during parts of the week where they're normally uh, in Lansing working on legislation. Um, <clears throat> the legislature this this first three months has been uh, pretty fast and furious on a variety of issues, um, with with Democrats taking control of, of both the House and the Senate. Um, there has been no shortage of policy uh, uh, priorities that they have been working on. Uh, I think Senate Majority Leader Winnie Brinks from Grand Rapids uh, was quoted early on saying uh, that Democrats have about 40 years of pent up policy frustrations that they are uh, ready to get to work on. And they have spent the first three months uh, methodically checking through some of those top tier priorities. Um, and, ju and just to give kind of a short overview of, of some of the things that have happened in and around the state capitol with the legislature um, uh, are, are some of the some of the following things. Um, there's been a number of supplemental budgets that have been passed, uh, spending on a variety of fronts, but a lot of uh, focus on economic development uh, and and uh, funding opportunities to help bring and attract uh, large business projects to the state of Michigan. Uh, the legislature and governor has signed uh, changes to Michigan's Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act to include um, sexual orientation and gender identity as uh, uh, one of the protected classes in the Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act. Um, the legislature has uh, re-implemented uh, the pension tax exemptions that were previously uh, taken taken away back in 2011. Um, that has been passed and signed by the governor, uh, uh, and those will be uh, put in place. Uh, likely, the, Im the implementation date of that is still to be determined, but will likely be uh, uh, for next year in 2024. Uh, most recently, the legislature has repealed uh, the so-called right, right to work legislation that Republicans put into place um, uh, several years back. Um, the legislature also has repealed uh, Michigan's 1931 uh, prohibition on, a, on abortion uh, with the implementation of Proposal 3 uh, that was passed by voters back in November. Um, this was more ceremonial than anything, uh, but that, that law was also repealed. Uh, and then most recently, the legislature has been working on a, a variety of um, uh, gun uh, gun control, gun safety legislation, things like red flag laws, safe storage laws, uh, and, and a host of other host of other uh, kind of gun uh, policy issues, um, and and that really has become a, a focal point, uh, especially after uh, the shooting at Michigan State University, uh, as the legislature kind of dove right into that issue uh, and looking for. Uh, looking for some policy changes. So the, the vast majority of kind of the issues that have happened uh, have been uh, high priority, top tier priorities for Michigan Democrats, with them now being in control. 
uh, in Michigan. Uh, that that has been their focus. Um, with the legislature gone here for the next couple of weeks, it is relatively quiet around Lansing uh, as folks are working working in their districts and then coming back uh, with uh, the second week of April. We'll kind of begin the next the next stage of our legislative session. Um, looking forward, probably the next six to eight weeks or so, um, the main focus will be on the state budget. Um, the Constitution requires that the state budget is completed uh, by the fiscal uh, fiscal year start, which is October first. Uh, however, there is a statutory requirement that a budget be done by July first. Uh, and then there's also a variety of other reasons to try to be done by that July 1st timeline, such as uh, some local governments start uh, on July 1st, as well as school districts. Uh, their fiscal year typically starts July 1st. And so having kind of knowing what their funding levels are going to be in, in time for that start of the school year is, or, or that fiscal year is extremely helpful to them. Um, I think the goal is to be done sometime around that July or excuse me, that June 1 time frame. Uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. It could be a couple of weeks after that, depending on how negotiations and the legislative process goes with legislative leaders, the governor and the state budget office as they try to um, find the right mix to once again pass a balanced budget in the state, state of Michigan, which is constitutionally required. Um, we're also uh, will likely get back to to a variety, you know, a more regular pace here at the Capitol um, as committees are meeting. Um, issues that are are maybe not uh, going to pop up on the front page uh, of the newspaper, but are important to a variety of uh, stakeholders and individuals as they are being worked on uh, through the committee process uh, and introduced in both the, the House and Senate um, as they move forward. I mean, one of the interesting things about this legislative year is uh, there's right around 60 new legislators between the House and Senate that have not served in either the House and Senate before. And so uh, there's a lot of folks learning the learning the job, learning where things are, learning how to get bills drafted, what that process looks like, how committee works, who their colleagues are, um, working with stakeholders for the first time on, on different things. Um, and so with such a significant number of new legislators, um, you know, and, and people kind of now knowing a little bit more of what the job is uh, almost three months in. Uh, we expect kind of the next the next couple months to be um, a, a little more traditional from how it how it feels and looks around around Lansing um, with committee hearings and those those sort of things. Um, specific to kind of title issues and 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 real estate issues and those sort of things. Um, so far, this legislative session. Uh, it has been relatively quiet. Um, we haven't seen anything uh, move that has been a focal point um, to MLTA and, and, and our membership. Um, there has been a couple bills introduced dealing with things like prohibition of uh, ownership of foreign countries of, of land or, or foreign countries being able to purchase land in Michigan. Uh, those bills have not had a committee hearing, and, and for the ones introduced, I don't think are likely to to move. But we know that has been a point of discussion of um, should foreign uh, countries be able to purchase uh, land here in Michigan or be part owners of land in Michigan. Uh, so that could be an issue. You know, there's been conversations about potential changes to the Marketable Title Act. We're engaged on. 
um, with stakeholders of that are, are looking at that and maybe uh, looking at making some some changes there, especially after the changes that were made uh, to that act in 2022. Uh, and then we're continuing to kind of monitor and watch closely um, the legislation around um, brokerage agreements. Um, you know, I've we've talked about this uh, at some of the different MLTA events in the past, um, but looking at those, um, what is the policy around that? Does there need to be, you know, state changes around that? And we we continue to be engaged and talking to to stakeholders and are at the table as as those issues are are continued to be discussed around Lansing. So as we as we move forward, we'll continue to keep you apprised on that. Um, we look forward to uh, hopefully having some legislators on the podcast uh, to give you a little uh, preview of who they are more uh, personally than than anything heavy policy related, uh, but some of the leaders that are in uh, chairs of of committees where we expect issues impacting our industry to go. Uh, so look for that on on the time horizon. Uh, and as always, if you have any questions on the legislative front or hear of something, by all means, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks so much and look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks again, Matt. And make sure you all tune in next month when Matt interviews a local legislator. I'm sure that will be real riveting. It is now time for Get to Know Your MLTA Board. I'm going to give you a little known fact about these two board members and then reveal the answers during my next update. See if you can figure out who I'm referring to. The first one is pretty fun and interesting because this board member was once a part of a unique group of acrobatic stunt water skiers. Yes, folks, I said stunt water skiing. Since I wasn't really familiar with it, I went and did some research on my own and I found out that this is a huge thing in Wisconsin. So it totally makes sense that somebody yelled, here, hold my beer before this water sport was invented. Uh, the next board member's little known fact comes with a hint, but they were selected as the Gratiot County Ag Princess. I can tell you that I have proof that she still loves to wear a crown, and in my opinion, she should wear one wherever she goes. So as usual, I'm going to sign off with a little bit of music history, and I found out that there were a couple of things that happened on March 31st that were Michigan-related, and so I wanted to share those. And full disclosure, I did call fellow MLTA musician and music lover Dave Martin, a First American, to help me out to verify some facts on the first part. So thanks, Dave. You rock. So on March 31st, 1995, a crazed fan attempted to stab Jimmy Page at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Thankfully, the assailant was arrested and put in jail. Also on this day in 1957, Elvis Presley, who was apparently billed as the nation's only atomic-powered singer, played two shows at the Olympia in Detroit in front of 24,000 fans. So it's only appropriate that I end with Jailhouse Rock. Thank you for listening to Title Bites. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice to get instant updates when new episodes are published. You can also visit the MLTA website to find more information. Just visit milta.org. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.